Hey everyone, welcome into the Guns Up Nation podcast. I'm your host, Keith Donaghy. Joining me today will be Guns Up Nation editor, Jacob Harris. Today on the podcast, we will have guest Chandler Jacobs, and we'll be talking basically what's happened over the past few months in tech basketball. I mean, I say the past few months, it's felt like the past few months, but what's happened just in April? I mean, it has been months of information in weeks. We have been jam-packed with new players, new coaches. Uh, Jacob, do you have a player in mind that you're particularly excited to join us, not a new coming player, not a returning player? Well, I mean, I guess I would start with the guy we're about to interview here in about 10 minutes, Chandler Jacobs. That dude, that could, that dude could put it in the bucket, let me tell you. Uh, yeah, his shooting percentage numbers are insane. Uh, we also have Ethan Duncan, Ethan Duncan coming in today. Um, we don't, he's never, he's the only guy we have coming in that hasn't played at the college level yet. And he's a Lubbock native, or is he just, he, he is a Lubbock native. I talked to him about, uh, I think, a week ago. Um, real nice dude. He, he grew up Texas Tech. His, his dad, Todd Duncan, played at Texas Tech for two years back in the, back in the early 90s. And I, I'm, I'm really excited to have him on board, too. It's going to be really exciting to see what he can bring to the table. Yeah, shooting-wise, it's, it's interesting to see Coach Adams bring in so many guys that are so offensive-focused. They are so – I mean, almost all of them are good shooters or at least very athletic um, we brought in – what is Adonis Arms shooting? He's shooting close to 35% from three, which is pretty good for yes. a larger player. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Chandler Jacobs shooting 45% from three. And then we also had K.J. Allen, who you might have seen on Last Chance U. It was kind of a splash. It was Mark Adams' first real recruit that he got. I mean, I say recruit, transfer. But at this point, it's basically recruiting with close to 1,400 players entering their name into the portal. I mean – it's insane to think to see how many players are left from our team last season and to know that mm-hmm. we didn't even get the worst of it. It would be crazy to think any other year outside of 2021. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a crazy uh 25 days to be exact since since we found out that Chris Beard was heading down south to uh South Lubbock, also known as Austin, Texas. Um I think I think KJ Allen could could be the steal of this whole thing. He's not he's not an outside shooter, but what he does is complement what these other guys like Jacobs and Arms and even Ethan Duncan can do, where they're all shooters. He's more of a I'm gonna get to the rim and I'm gonna slam it in your face kind of player, and that's kind of it's kind of what we were missing. With the interviews you've done, have any of the players mentioned to you anything about UT, or is that a date they have circled on the calendar? Or is there any um, specific game they're looking out for for the next season? I don't – I'm not really sure. Uh, Ethan Duncan's the only one that really talked to me about it. He, his decision basically came down between Texas Tech and Texas for the most part from what, from what he told me. He had, he had pledged his commitment to Coach Beard before he left and then had, he basically said he had to make a really tough decision because he really liked Coach Beard, but he also – had built a relationship with Coach Adams and Coach Sutton over the last four years. That was kind of what, what his deciding factor was. I, I think is I think is the the games and the, the games the season kind of draws closer. We'll see more of that that fire from these Texas Tech players because like like we've said many times before, like none of these guys have decided to go to Texas. That's that's probably the biggest biggest thing we can all take away from this. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just looking at the numbers here based on everybody we have on our roster right now. We have about – we have nine players on our roster. Mm-hmm. Out of all of our returning players, none of them shot above 
30% from three except for Ogbo, and he averaged 1.1 yes. attempt a game, and Avery exactly. Benson, who averaged half an attempt per game. Yeah. Uh, it's And then these new be... guys, you see all of them. Uh, you have Adonis and Chandler Jacobs and Duncan, who is known to shoot way above the 30% mark, mm-hmm. um, especially in high school ball, but obviously shorter three-point range, uh, not quite as good defense, but – Still, the, the fact that he can hit down, hit those shots down consistently, I think, what was it, close to 50%, right, was his three rating? Yeah, I think he had a 40 – it was either 45.4 or 44.5, I don't remember. But the second the second he crosses half court and gets to the volleyball line at the high school level, he was, in, he was within really, really good range. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see next year, especially with a guy like Adonis Arms coming in, who's really interesting to me because he was able to – uh, you know, shoot at that level with that kind of volume and only played 17 minutes a game. That's that's pretty incredible <laughs> looking at it from from that kind of perspective, playing less than half the game and being one of the top scorers on your team. Yeah, Ryan Mainville actually has a very good uh, tweet out on his Lubbock account. That's where I'm getting a lot of this information from. It's a graph just basically all the players, 2020, 2021, 2020, yeah. 2022, you know, everything in there. And it has averages based off of, what these players have contributed to their schools at the level they're at. Um, obviously, doesn't have Ethan Duncan in there. His stats are not incorporated into this. But our 2020-2021 field goal percentage was 43%. Now, adding in the players that we have this year and based off how they shot at their previous schools, our average would be close to 51.8%, which is, I mean, almost 10% jump in shooting. Yeah. So, I mean, if Mark Adams can keep this defense playing like it was last year, mm-hmm. in an amazing spot just based off the numbers that we have in front of us. And one thing that I will keep in mind, obviously, it takes a lot of energy to play defense. So, obviously, those offensive numbers won't be quite as good. But we have a lot more players that can shoot this year. Last year, we kind of struggled at least to find open shooters and then to not pump fake on those shots, which was very uh, a key point the whole year that you saw. We were – having guys that can shoot 30% go up and pump a three three times before shooting it when they could have just had a complete wide open shot. I think that was one of the major factors to the stagnation of our offense last season. I feel, unfortunately, that's kind of where uh, Chris Beard's offense got, I don't know if killed is the right word, kind of, you know, hurt our offensive numbers because the, the motion offense, and I unfortunately had to play in this offense for a couple of years in high school, um, that that offense is designed to get the best shot possible, and if it is not the best shot possible, they that whoever is coaching you oftentimes wants you to move the ball to a different spot until you can find something that that works a lot better. And that that unfortunately kind of led to some, like you said, uh, ill-advised pump fakes and ill-advised shots at the end of the shot clock because everyone's looking for this huge this 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 golden shot. That's not always going to happen, but, you know, with this new offense with Coach Peer, I've, I've watched a good amount of Portland State film from last year, and I'm going to tell you, we're going to be moving the ball up and down the floor really, really fast, and we're going to be rocking and rolling. Now that makes you wonder, as a Tech fan, Mac McClung, did he notice the uh, up-tempo and the, or the um, uptick and at least the focus on bringing in more offensive-sided players and a faster-paced t- offense? I wonder if that had any – incorporation into his decision to remove his name from the transfer portal and basically keep it in between Texas Tech and the NBA draft. Um, I, by the way, I, kinda, on that, I, I honestly, honestly think so. I mean, 
he I, th- I think he put his name in the transfer portal to kind of give him some some more time to think about what he really wanted out of this out of these next you know year if he were if he's going to come back um, it would really give us give him a chance to think about what he wants out of a, his college experience and I think he ultimately decided he was either going to go to Texas Tech or he was going to go to the pros and that's that's awesome for Texas Tech in my opinion <laughs> yeah we I mean I think one thing that's going to be more important than anything else is if Coach Adams can get a guy within one or two years that can become an NBA high-level player, at least uh, somebody that's in the rookie of the year conversation even, um, just to show that we can produce players that can play at the NBA level. Yep. Do you know about how long we have until uh, Chandler joins us? He is he is in the waiting room right now. He's a Division II All-American, Chandler Jacobs, Texas Tech signee. He should be joining the call very shortly. Hey, Chandler, how you doing today? Can you hear us? Yeah, yeah I'm good. Let me see. Um, my video's not on. Oh, yeah, that, no problem. Okay. Uh, where are you right now? Are you out in Dallas, or are you somewhere else in the state, or maybe elsewhere? I'm, yeah, I'm in Dallas still. You're in Dallas so still? Cool. I'm still taking right. classes, yeah. You know about uh, when you're going to head up to Texas Tech, Brown, what time that's going to be? Just the permanent move up, not just coming to visit, but. Yeah, but I say the permanent move will be um, at the end of May, maybe like May 29th. All right. All right. So yeah, you're you're pretty close. Yes, sir. Definitely. What are you excited most about for uh, Lubbock, the city itself? Not not as much basketball wise or school wise. Yeah. Just uh, anywhere around town that you know that you like or want to go see. Yeah. Um, I don't know too much about Lubbock, the city, but I think I'm excited just to kind of have a new experience in general. Speaking of that, what what are you most excited about, experience wise, moving from a Division two school to a Division one school? I think just the the, in, the increase in competition in terms of in practice and games, just bigger stage, all, all of the above. You know, I think that that's the big thing. Um, that's one of the many differences between D1 and D2, but I think that's the biggest excitement for me, just a new challenge. Have you gotten to watch any of the older tech games from when we were actually able to have a 100%, 100% capacity and just see yes. how the crowd reacts? Did that have any impact in your choice? Um, a, a little bit, not too much. I think the biggest thing for me, um, with my choice was, um, just trying to find a place that would be a good fit that would help me with my, um, you know, professional career and be able to contribute to winning. But the crowd definitely was not a, a thing that turned me away for sure. What would you say, uh, is <laughs> the talent that you want to develop the most at Texas Tech or why, what talent did you choose to come to Texas Tech to develop? Like, would it be a defensively or is it a, some type of shot or what, what were yeah. you looking at more? I think, honestly, I think the biggest thing for me um, in my game that would probably yield the most exponential growth was just the mental mental part of it. I think that Tech provided the opportunity for me to really test my mental. Um, and that was the, the skill, um, which is a skill, you know, your mental, your, your mental capacity. That was a skill I was looking to develop the most at Tech. Is there a date you have circled on your calendar for next season? Honestly, no, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not too big on like, you know, like key matchups and all this kind of stuff. I just, I just enjoy playing basketball. So I'm ready to play whenever. Is there a player you're excited to match up against? Maybe not in a rivalry way, but more of a competition way. Um, the Big Twelve. Honestly, no. Like I, I'm, yeah, I'm just not that kind of guy. I guess like I don't, I don't make too big of a matchup kind of thingy. Uh, doing matchups. All right. Awesome. Jacob Harris talking to you, Chandler. Uh, 
Who who do you what what which coach or group of coaches at Texas Tech have had, really took the reins on recruiting you? Was that Coach Adams or was it more of like Coach Sutton, Coach Peary? Yeah. Who, who was kind of the leader there? It was, it was mostly Coach Peary. Peary he uh, he was the first person to contact me, um, and then from there I talked to Adams and I talked to Sutton a little bit, um, but mostly Peary. All right. Um, what what other schools were were you looking at or were looking at you more likely? Um, I think, well, there were a lot of schools that kind of called and, you know, um, put their kind of name in the hat. But I think the biggest, the biggest, my last kind of five, five or six are probably Cal, Wyoming, uh, Colorado State, um, UTA. And I think I'm missing one more school. I can't think of it right now. Um, Grand Canyon University. Those are my, my kind of final six. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, who, who do you, who would you say you model your game after? Um, I think a lot of it is kind of the in the tweener kind of guards, the combo guards. So I think uh, when I was younger, I used to get D-Wade a lot, just that kind of ability, ability to drive. I think that as my game is kind of rounded out, I think I get Donovan Mitchell a lot. Um, you know, 6'2 kind of combo guard that can score, can finish above the rim, can knock down, you know, shots off the dribble and things. So I think Donovan Mitchell is probably a good comp. Awesome. Awesome. Have Have you talked to any of the the guys currently on the roster or any former Red Raiders? Yeah, so I talked to uh, talked to Kev a little bit. I talked okay. to um, Clarence. I talked to uh, Marcus a little bit too. Um, those are the three guys from the team, the current roster that I've talked to. Um, but I talked to Matt Mooney probably like about a week ago before awesome. I kind of committed, and he was he was pretty instrumental in kind of helping me see a tech was a good a good spot for me. Let me tell you, Matt Mooney. I almost hit him with my car once. Really? <laughs> I, unfor- unfortunately, he was walking across the street. I was driving on and. I makes sense. You know, he was in the attention. way. He was in the way. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, next question for you. Um, yeah. What What was your favorite part of recruiting this time around? I know you've obviously been recruited yeah. before whenever you were in high school, but what was I, I maybe not what was your favorite, but what was different this time compared Man. to last time? Uh, everything was different. I, out of high school, I had one offer, which was Dallas Baptist um, and only probably two or three schools talking to me in general. Um, which was Cornell and a school named Mount St. Mary's um, okay. in Baltimore. So this time around, I think I got contacted by 30, 30 or so coaches, you know, calls, had 20-something Zoom calls. So it was a lot more active than, than past years. Yeah, obviously everything's been kind of different with the whole COVID pandemic. Yeah. Um, obviously, I don't think you were able to take any in-person visits for you. Was everything kind of virtual? Yeah, everything was virtual. Just a lot of Zoom calls, campus tours virtually. What what would you what would you say you're going back to the basketball side of things? What would you say your 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 biggest skill you bring to the court is? Um, I, I would say I would say shot making ability. I think that I um uh, have the ability to make tough shots and kind of create my own shots. I think that that is one thing that I do really really well. Um, other than that, I think that I rebound really well for a guard, especially, um, and just compete. So I would say competing, rebounding, and ability to to make tough shots. And I'm, let, me, let me tell you, I think Keith agrees with that. It's, that is something we are we sorely missed last year, shot yeah. making and the ability for, for guards to rebound. Yeah. So hopefully I can, hopefully I can bring some of that into the fold, man. Definitely, Have you gotten a definitely. chance to uh, tour our new training facility yes, yet, the Womble? Yeah. So I got, a, I got a virtual tour via Zoom, and it was ridiculous. It was so nice, man. So um, 
definitely, definitely a far cry from what I'm used to, but it was, it was, it was awesome. What's something in the Womble that a lot of people might not know about that you think is just a really cool thing they had put in there? Um, man, um, I think, I think they have like, did they give massages in there? I want to say, I don't know. I think that I think that was something I remember from there that I was that took away and I was like, wow, that's a little different. Um, yeah, that's probably one thing I can think of. Yeah, I just asked because I saw I think it was Auburn football had a what was it? oh they had a recording studio that they built into their training facility. Wow. The players come in and then there <laughs> yeah, was a, uh, <laughs> there was another I think Big Ten football school that had like just an insane pool. Man, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure there's some I'm sure there's other things that I'll find out as I get, you know, more in tune with the locker room and things. But right now I I only had one virtual tour of it. So it's a little shaky. And this is probably two, three weeks ago. So my memory's not super great on it, but uh, I'm sure I'll find something more. I could tell you more later. So in high school, your your team made it to the five A state playoffs, right? Yes, sir. And then in college, did y'all have a lot of big crowds? Um, yes and no. It was it, it was weird. Our our school is a um, really, really big Christian school. So um, sports sometimes kind of took a secondary thing to, to faith and um, it kind of showed in our crowds. But sometimes we would have some amazing crowds, man, like great crowds. You know, they would have signs and they would research the other team and have heckles and all these other kind of things. So we had some pretty good crowds, but it was kind of hit or miss depending on the time of the year. Christmas break wasn't super great, but kind of before Christmas break and right after when people first came back to campus, we got some pretty good people, a pretty good number of people in there. Well, all I'm saying is if you can learn to feed off the excitement that the crowd brings, you're going to have an amazing career here in Lubbock. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Doubt. Definitely. Excited about that. No doubt. All right. I think we're going to do some fun questions now. You ready for cool. some fun questions? I'm ready all for right. it, man. Let's see what all we right. got. What, what, what kind of, what's your favorite food? Favorite food? Um, gosh. Okay. I, I can do this one. Um, pancakes. I love pancakes. Pancakes. All right. Yeah. Let me think. So we, we got a place called Pancake House in Lubbock. Yeah, it's probably, yeah. that's probably the best pancakes in town. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. This one in Dallas, the place is really good. All right. All right. Legit, man. Legit. What else do I have for you? All right. What, what, is your, what is your dream vehicle, whether it is a car dream or a vehicle. boat or something? Dream vehicle. Um. Man, funny story. So when I was younger, I used to love watching Dan Lives, like YouTube videos of NBA players. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I was probably maybe 10 or 11 at the time and Kevin Love had one come out and his key had a Range Rover, a matte black Range Rover with blackout everything. Um, and ever since then, I've been just, that's my dream car. I've just been super enamored with it. So I would say a matte black Range Rover. So, all right. All right. I, I got one more, uh, good basketball question for you. Okay, cool. So you, you went to uh, Dallas Baptist for a few years. Mm-hmm. If you had gotten the attention out of high school that you got this past off season, do you think your decision would have been different? Different. Also, what did you kind of learn over the three or four years that helped you make the decision you made now instead of coming out of high school? Um, so if my recruitment was different, I probably would not have chosen Dallas Baptist. Um, but that's more so – that more so speaks to my immaturity as opposed to Dallas Baptist not being a good option. I think that going, going to DBU was the best choice I made in my life because I think that it set me up for a lot of – whatever I'm going to face in the future. You know, I think that, I mean, gave me a nice stable foundation um, in terms of God and believing in Christ. 
Um, and it's really developed me into the man that I am and helped me to kind of come into my own and understand who I am and, and love the person that God has made, you know, in Chandler Jacobs. So I think that that's the biggest thing that I would take away from DBU is just accepting who I am as a person and loving that person. And um, that's helped me have success on the court, off the court, and just kind of come into my own. And I, I was that, – that's a great answer. And I was kind of asking that question more along the terms of – not like who would you have chosen differently? Like obviously if you have D1 offers, you probably wouldn't have chosen Dallas Baptist. Yeah. But more of what did you learn over your four years that um, and, yeah, that, that changed from high school to now as far as recruiting? Like when you came out of high school, yeah. were you, oh, okay. let, let's you. say you got this, like were you looking at more what team can help me get to the NBA the most or were you looking at what yeah. school or were you looking at yeah. what coaches can help me the most? I got you. Um, I think the biggest thing for me in the change was more so focusing on relationships. I think that um, in high school, I probably would have chose a different school because I would have been more predicated on what situation gives me the best opportunity to reach my goal. But I think that now um, my focus mainly is on the relationships that are fostered because I think that those relationships um, with the coaching staff and with your teammates, those things are so paramount because you're going to spend so much time with those people. So those relationships, I feel like, have to be at the forefront of whatever decision you make, and they're at the forefront of my decision that I made to go to Tech. Academic-wise, what are you going to be doing at Tech? I know you were uh, majoring in accounting yeah. over at Dallas Baptist. Are you going to continue down yeah. that path? No, man. I uh, I am steering clear from the CPA route, but I, uh, <laughs> I'm i going to get my MBA in uh, business management and then, um, man, kind of go from there. I've, I've, I've kind of dreamt of a new dream that I kind of have post-basketball is to become um, a commercial real estate agent and be able to interact with people and to um, help change, help impact and change people's lives. So that's a little dream of mine that I have now, but at Tech, I'll be getting my MBA in business, in business management. Well, that's awesome, man. And then you, I guess you'll have about a, a year to finish that up, I guess, right? For as yeah. far as basketball-wise? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. You, you have one year remaining, correct? Yes, sir. Yep. Why do you think this year there's so many people entering the transfer portal? Obviously, you have the one-year waiver, but do you think yeah. there was – it was was it tougher on a lot of players like at Dallas Baptist with COVID um, just to at least getting along with coaches? I've, I've heard there was a lot of a uh, – not not at Dallas Baptist, but just in general. Yeah. A lot of players and coaches butting, butting heads this year, and I think that might have just been because of COVID, obviously, and the yeah. difficulties that come with that. I definitely think so. I think that COVID has had many, many side effects that we were not aware of, but I think the largest – contributing factors to people, many people entering the portal this year was, um, excuse me, was just a new opportunity that we didn't have before. And I think with, with like anything in life, when you get a new opportunity, you almost want to take a risk. You almost want to just be like, all right, well, let's just see what happens because this wasn't guaranteed before. So I think that's probably the largest um, factor that led to so many people entering the portal. All right. Do right. you have any more questions for Chandler? Oh man, I think that's about all I got. Do you have anything you want? Any people you want to give a shout out to? Any coaches, family members? Uh, yeah. So I think my just my entire family, um, in general, but specifically want to shout my dad out. My dad was very instrumental um, in this recruiting process, and he sat with me on every Zoom call, every meeting. Um, I, I know one day we had six different Zooms in one day, and he was on every and all six of them, and they were like hour long calls. So he was um very instrumental in me, kind of finding my way with this decision and just kind of working with me. So I want to shout my dad out and my coaches from DBU as well. They were big, they were huge in, uh, in helping me find a good situation. Yeah. I'm guessing you kind of wanted to stay a little bit closer to home choosing Texas tech rather than 
someplace actually a lot farther yeah away. actually nah i wasn't i wasn't too predicate i wasn't too big on uh on the location i think the biggest thing for me was just what would give me the best opportunity where where did i feel like i could get the most of what i was looking for um so look i mean if i ended up in alaska i'd have been fine like it's it's for a year and you know there's it's not it's not like it's i'm, I'm gonna have to live somewhere for the rest of my life so Location wasn't super big to me, but Texas Tech was not a bad one to choose by any means. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming if, if your parents are still in – y'all y'all are from the Houston area, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm guessing they're still down there. That's where I'm from as well, so. Got you. What part of Houston? I'm down from I'm down in Clear Lake. Got you. Oh, got you. Okay. Not too mm -hmm. far from me. Yeah, y'all gotcha. are about like 30 minutes or so. I yeah, think. about to say. Mm -hmm. yeah, we played y'all a couple of times in high school. Oh, you did? So y'all actually got to uh, Clear Lake High School? Yeah, Clear Lake, Oh, yeah. so y'all got to go up against uh, Coach Penders? Yes. I yes. don't know if we, we all uh, knew that connection or a lot of uh, opposing high school players knew that connection, but he's actually the son of UT's old head coach, Tom Penders. Awesome. I did not know that. That's really cool. And yeah, that must, it was my junior year that we went to the state championship and then yeah. ended up losing to Plano West. Yeah. So that, I think that was my, I think that was my sophomore year. Cause I, cause I remember watching that game on TV. So I was either my sophomore year or my freshman year. Um, I remember watching it at a hotel. Um, yeah, I remember that. Man, that's crazy. Throwback. All right, well, thanks for having you on today. It was a lot of fun. Man, we're excited yeah. to see y'all come out in a few months. Yes, sir. Perfect, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Yes, sir. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Yeah, so that was Chandler Jacobs. That was a fun interview. Yes, sir. All the interviews we have here are fun. Um, we're yeah. hoping to get some more out to y'all shortly. Just wanted to put out a disclaimer. This podcast is being recorded on Sunday the 25th, and I believe it's going to be posted Monday evening. Yes, so if any news breaks between now and then, that won't be updated in this podcast. But if you're following Guns Up Nation on Twitter, Facebook, everything, you, you'll stay updated. I mean, there's no need to worry there. I can guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've broken down a lot of the players and a lot of what our team's going to look like next season. I'm going to give you all a quick breakdown of that. So freshmen coming in, we only have one freshman recruit. That's Ethan Duncan. Then we have K.J. Allen coming in from Last Chance University. Um, there's TV, great series, well, decent series, great few episodes with him in it. Um, yes, Ogbo, we have we have Chibuzo Ogbo coming back. He could be a huge part. He's been one of the players people are more excited to see this upcoming season. I, I think I think he legit legitimately has a chance to have a breakout season like Culver or. Um, Keenan Evans or somebody like that. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was averaging about six minutes a game, but he was shooting 41% from definitely. the field, 30% from three. And on the slight occasion that he felt the urge or that he got the green light to go out there and be athletic, mm -hmm. he, he did not disappoint. Yeah. So be one guy y'all should be looking at as a starter next year and mm -hmm. potentially uh, in the mix for some all Big 12 teams, maybe not first team, but possibly second or third team. And then who knows? He he always he always has the opportunity to go first team, but I'm not just going to limit it to that. That's very high expectations. Yes, you correctly. Four minutes last year, and we also have uh, Clarence Ndoli, who averaged less than ten minutes as well. That he uh, he could start. It's looking more interesting now with a lot of the uh, one and two guys we're bringing in to see how that starting lineup's going to look. But you also have Kevin McCuller, and man, he talk about play, players posed for a breakout year. His first chance to really take the lead on offense and be the guy uh, with Kyler Edwards who was really our guy last year and Mac McClung both possibly gone. And on that math, Mac McClung front, he has till July 19th to make that decision about whether he's going to stay in the NBA draft or return to Texas tech. So 
That's the I, I, will, I personally believe we will have a decision from him this week. Oh, yeah. I, I, I will. I believe it. Yeah, it'll definitely be within the next month. I don't think he's going to wait till the deadline. But that, that is the yeah. date that we have. And then and we also... I, 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 would tell, I would tell our viewers and listeners, uh, I'm leaning – right now I'm leaning towards him coming back. But right now I'm thinking like 55-45, like – I, I don't know. He there, there's a there's a pretty decent chance he might just skip the NBA altogether and just go straight to Europe and start balling out there. But we'll see. Yeah, I I think he would come back to Tech before he would do that for one more year. But I, I could see that being an opportunity after mm-hmm. Tech, or maybe yeah, if he does declare for the draft and doesn't quite end up where he wants or mm-hmm. where a lot of mockers have him going, which is late second round, uh, all the way up to mm-hmm. mid second round. Yeah. Scene. And then. I've also seen him falling out of a lot of people's draft boards, which could impact his decision. But yes. continuing on, we got our seniors who are – we have Avery Benson. Everybody knows Avery. He's been here four or five years. Uh, Marco Santos Silva, who's coming back, he's probably going to be playing the four or five for his – obviously the four or five, but I could definitely see him more of a five if we land one of these big men we're targeting. Yeah. Um, I mean, one one stat that does get missed with Marcus is his tip-out rebounds. Um Whenever he's jumping over oh, the basket, he goes up and slaps that ball out. He does that four or five times a game. We always get in. He does those numbers don't come up on the stat sheet, mm-hmm. and he has an ability to do that. That's one of the few things that he is, excels at way more than other players. And obviously, he has the heart and just the bulkiness down low to try and keep people from you know running over him or getting too big on him. Obviously, he's yes six he's, seven six he's eight mo- playing. He's most definitely a Division One athlete. <laughs> yeah. And then now we get into two more new guys. We got Chandler Jacobs, who obviously we just interviewed. Y'all know who that is. Mm-hmm. And Adonis Arms, do you want to tell us a little bit about Adonis? Yeah, uh, he's a super athletic guy. Um, he's kind of a tweener. I'm not sure what position they're going to have him playing. I could see him playing the, the two all the way up to the four. He's he's six six, but he's got big old long arms. He can shoot the rock. He can get to the rim. I mean, he he averaged almost one steal per game last season, and. Yes, Almost I, five rebounds. I mean, the, the kid's the kid's kind of a freak athlete, I, if you're asking me. I want to say I saw a information on him that had his vertical at over 45 inches, somewhere around there. No, no, no. It was 42.5. 42, yeah. That's which is still, still incredibly impressive. That's a huge vertical. Yes. And <laughs> that's about all the players we have on our roster right now. We have nine, obviously. Mm-hmm. There's still probably thousand or so players in the portal, as yeah. well as – the rest of recruiting season to go. Um, uh, so we'll, yeah, we'll get into – go, go ahead, Jacob. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I think, we, I think we might get another player too in the next week. We'll see. We'll see who with the junior college season kind of winding down now. Um, I think there's a couple guys even out in Leveland that could potentially be Red Raiders. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yep. All right. So we're going to go ahead and jump over to the uh, coaching side of it. We got – so obviously, Mark Adams, head coach. Y'all, everybody knows enough about Mark Adams. As long, if you, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you've you've read enough about Mark to know his schemes. But some other guys we got coming on the staff. We have Barrett Peary. He actually won uh, junior college national championships at Southern Idaho, or no, I'm sorry, it was um, was it Indian Hills that he was the runner-up. Yes. Yeah, he took he took he took a lot of his junior college teams to national championships and deep, deep, deep into those playoffs, which says a lot because most people don't don't really realize they do their – they have a regional tournament and then the top 16 teams get in that tournament. And it's not – there's not very many Cinderella's yeah. 
going into the junior college landscape? Nope. I mean, you have it's it's a lot more of a dominant landscape than it is in the uh, yes, yes, than it is in Division One. Mm-hmm. Um, Barrett's he teeters between focusing on offense and defense. I think that's just whatever role and whatever staff he has around him. Um, but from what I've heard, he, they were, we're going to focus on a fast-paced offense this season. Yes, so I, feel like, a lot I feel more like high Coach, I feel like Coach Adams has a good grasp on the defensive end of things, but. Coach Peary is going to really upgrade and uh, and maybe not upgrade, but modernize this offense to where we're going to be running and gunning a lot more, which really excites me because last season we had the, the Grandma Moses offense of the 1930s, it seemed like at times. <laughs> yeah, as long as we can get away from the pump fakes, I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, one, definitely. one thing about Coach Peary is if there was ever time for free shout-outs now, he, his Twitter is great. I mean, he is always so definitely. excited on Twitter. He's <laughs> posting all the time. Boom, wreck them, all this. I mean, yes, it can get you excited. Quality, as a quality fan. follow for sure. If you're yes. if you're into Twitter, you can get hit up Coach Peary and hit up hit up our hit up our Twitter, Guns Up Nation. Of course, of course. Um, and then Corey Williams. What can you tell me about Coach Williams? Um, Coach Williams. He uh, obviously, if you don't know, he played with Michael Jordan in the 1990s. He uh, he came out of Oklahoma State. Was a teammate of Sean Sutton. Uh, played under their, uh, his dad, Eddie Sutton. Um, he, he's, a, he's a pretty good all-around coach. I think he's focusing more on the offensive end, and I believe he's going to be our head recruiter for high school, but I'm not entirely sure. We, the, the staff is not fully filled out yet. We may, uh, of course, rumors have been flying around about both Daryl Dora and Steve Green out of South Plains uh, College. The head, head guy down there is one of Mark Adams' closest friends, so – We'll see what, what his role ends up being. I think he could be one of our best high school recruiting guys while maybe someone like Adams comes – not Adams, Steve Green comes in to kind of recruit the junior college landscape along with Coach Peary. Yeah, and one thing people don't – you shouldn't take for granted is Coach Sutton. Um, I mean, he's not the associate head coach. He's not the head coach. But he has a lot of experience, especially in the postseason – I mean, 1995 and 2004, he went to the Final Four with the Oklahoma State Cowboys, as long as, yes. as as well as being their head coach for two seasons there. Which is, even though he didn't have a great amount of success, it's important to have that experience and to kind of know what it's like to be a head coach and to help Mark Adams out a little bit. Um, I mean, I'm sure Mark Adams has a great staff around him to help him out. Sean Sutton being one of those. Yes. Funny fun fact on TexasTech.com, it still has a. Coach Sutton's role listed from 2017 through current as Texas Tech advisor to Coach Beard. All so right. They might want to change that one up a little I, bit. I think so. Um, the ne- next coach we have that we've added onto the staff is Coach Darby Rich. He's our strength coach. It's gonna, You're going to see a lot more of a motivational standpoint type of guy from him, a lot more rah-rah. Uh, yes. um, your strength coach, I mean, obviously, that, that's kind of what your strength coach does. He's, he's more of a motivational guy. Um, yes, and this, this, and let me tell you, if you haven't seen pictures of this guy, look him up, man. He's ripped, which is good for a strength coach. <laughs> yep. And lastly, Ty Nurse is the most recent, well, not the most recent, but the last person on our list that we have for Adam's staff so far. I, I don't know how close he is to being done building his staff. I'm sure he'll tell us whenever he is has completed that process. I, I think we'll get at least. Well, obviously, we're going to get one more assistant coach. Mm-hmm. 
uh, probably another advisor or two, and then two more graduate assistants. Yeah. And I know, I know it, it is, it is themed for Texas tech to kind of go after former players for those GA roles. If they want to, obviously Ty Nurse played here and I believe it was the early 2010s, but yeah, well, I'm excited to see what we got. Norrence and one other player that have been buried. I mean, all, all former players gave an outpour of love and good wishes for coach Adams to become the head coach. Um, Norrence Odiasi and, one other guy, I can't remember who it is off the top of my head right now, but we're just really big advocates. They were talking about doing camps down here. So there's some guys to look out for. I know, yeah, Norrence has the camp. Um, was Matt Moody's doing one too. Yeah, but Matt Matt's still doing his uh, NBA stuff. I think, I think Justin Gray might be the other guy you're talking about. Yeah, but, yeah, like I said, Justin Gray's in Spain as well. Um, I'm talking mm-hmm. – uh, I think – yeah, I think it was Mooney, but Mooney still has his – Yes. His pro career to focus on. He doesn't mm-hmm. need to be coming here to – He'll be a graduate, graduate assistant just yet. Yes. Um, I think that's – I mean, do you have any, anything else to add for today? Nope. I think I'm good. All righty, guys. Well, it was a uh, fun interview. We're going to try and get another one out for you all shortly. Um, we have what, – what do we have coming up real quick? We have the end of baseball season, I guess, with basketball season being done. We have the rest of basketball recruiting. Uh, we got through the spring game. Wasn't super yes. impressed. Um, I think that was kind of the mantra that a lot of people got. It was was not quite of an as an um, a. I'm sorry, I, I lost. I got lost there. It, yeah, it, it, it wasn't as quite as impressive as it should have been, or compared to other spring ball camps we've seen in the past. No, I'd in in my my main thought on that is, uh, spring game is just as about as valuable as. Uh, I don't nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's, just it's, a, it's, it's a glorified practice. It's a marketing ploy mm-hmm. for it, people to come out and get excited. And it's the most overblown thing for six months, whether you like it or not. Well, it's um, football. I mean, it, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, football fans will strive for anything. I mean, there's a reason there's six months of coverage for the NFL draft. Yes. But it would have been nice to see just a, a little bit more of a well put together event, something a little bit more entertaining than what it was. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, I mean, when when the event there was really one job, and that's to entertain. And it doesn't do that really. Well. It just wasn't a good event, regardless if you're a football fan or not. Most people did not think it was the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then yeah, so so we got a lot of good baseball coming up. We're getting towards the later half of baseball season. Josh Jung or Jace Jung, I'm sorry, is still killing it. Um, yes, sir. Be nice if we can find another one of them. His brothers laying around. I don't yes. think he has anymore. <laughs> but I don't either. <laughs> It's going to be uh, tough to see him go after this season, more than likely, mm-hmm. when the draft comes a calling. So I think that's all about all we got for you all guys today. Um, hope to have a great show next week. Uh, probably try and get some interviews in. Maybe even uh, maybe do a live show again. It's been a while since we've done one of those. Mm-hmm. But other than that, that's all we got. Thumbs up. <laughs>